0: podcast is part of the sports social podcast network
1: we all take on different roles every day one minute you're a parent the next a
0: chef or a driver Hi everyone, JD here. Now it's going to be a big summer for Palace and for all of us, now that we're allowed to see friends again in person. So what better way to celebrate not just the ending of lockdown, but potentially a whole new era at Palace than with a free case of eight Belgian beers from Beer 52. All you've got to do is go to beer52.com forward slash FYP and pay the £5.95 postage. And not only that, if you do it before July 13th, you'll get two extra beers totally free. Now we're hoping that palace will dip into the transfer market and pull off a few summer hits of their own and that's exactly what beer 52 are doing their summer hits case will feature beer from some of the best small batch breweries in the world beer 52's beer experts are on a mission to find the best beer anywhere on the planet every month they visit a different country find the best small batch breweries, sample their finest craft beer and then carefully curate a case to be sent to their lucky members Impress barbecue guests as you whip out an elevation pale ale from ireland's wicklow wolf brewery Watching the Euros in the company of a crisp double dry hopped IPA from two chefs brewing in the Netherlands. So the options are endless. And if you don't like dark beer, choose the light option. It's that simple. Each case also comes with the award-winning beer magazine Ferment, as well as a tasty snack to enjoy alongside your beer. There's no minimum commitment. You can just take the free case, try the beers and see what you think. And if it's not for you, you can pause or cancel at any time. So just go to beer52.com forward slash FYP. That's the word beer and the numbers 52.com forward slash FYP to claim your free case of eight craft beers now. You just got to pay the five ninety five for postage. And don't forget to claim before July 13th for those two extra free beers. Right, on with the podcast. and welcome to the five year plan podcast (laughs) it's not quite a way today it's an emergency pod we haven't done one of these for a long time I don't think in fact Andy I think the last emergency pod was when Neil Warnock left the club
1: the earth is healing JD
0: Uh, Palace are back to what we know and love. Um, right, we've got a, a, a fantastic panel here to discuss the news. It sounded like Lucien Favre was about to be Palace's manager and now is not. Uh, so where are Palace now? We will discuss that with Andy Street. Hello to you. Hello, JD. Hello, how
1: you doing? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? I'm not too bad. Well done on your shows. Well done.
0: Oh, thank you very much. Yeah, thank you very much. Oh, actually, I should do a really quick um, promo then. Um, now, thank you to everyone that came to my Brighton shows. Uh, fantastic audiences. Um, I'm doing... The show again in London, so if you're not South Coast based or you're London based and missed out, I'm doing it at the Head and Chickens Theatre in Islington on Thursday the 5th of August at 9pm. Tickets are available from gymdailycomedy.com for gigs. Uh, so do gigs. The, the Headless Chicken Theatre. <laughs> very apt for my show. This actually, material so. writes itself. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so please do come along if you're free then and you fancy. Uh, there's a large chunk of the show is about how ridiculous Palace are, which is very apt for this current episode. Uh, Dom Firefield of The Athletic is also joining us. Hello, Dom. How are you doing? I'm good, thanks, Jim.
2: When you do a gig in London, is it, is it infiltrated by loads of Brighton fans then? Is that how it works? Vice versa? And is do, that how it...
0: do you know what? I would welcome anyone. Any anyone's Ooh. available to come to my show? We had mostly Palace down at the the pub. I did it in was a big Brighton pub run by a guy called uh, Brett Mendoza, who plays in Rent. Really nice guy. So we were very much behind enemy lines, uh, but it only added to the uh, to the energy in the crowd. Uh, so it was good. But yeah, Brighton fans are welcome. Anyone's welcome. Probably not Millwall. Actually, there's quite a bit of anti Millwall jokes in there. So maybe <laughs> not you. Um, Richard Foster is also here. Hello, how you doing, mate?
3: Yeah, very good. Thank you. Very good. Yeah, enjoying the um, musical chairs as ever.
0: <laughs> you seem very chirpy, for considering what's happened in the last 24 hours at Palace. Jim, I've been following this club for so long now, it's,
3: <laughs> it's like water off a duck's back. I am a duck.
0: <laughs> and that is, that is a great quote. That is yeah. getting on Twitter straight away. I Carl to click yeah. that up. No, I think that is a good way to approach it, and I'm sure a lot of people listening hopefully will be doing the same. And completing our panel today, it's only birthday boy... Jesse, Boyce, happy birthday to you, you Jacob! Happy birthday, happy birthday, birthday,
4: Jesse! Thank you, everybody. It's my birthday, and I'll rant if I want to. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, what a present! What a present
0: from Palace for you today.
4: Well, I mean, Jim, if you could fix it for me, I would like uh, a manager, some players, a roof on the fan zone, and some tasty jerk. That would be a good birthday.
0: <laughs> that'd be great but please don't say Jim will fix it for me because we definitely we definitely can't, <laughs> we definitely can't say that um, look we'll, we'll come to Dom in a minute and sort of find out maybe where Palace are at the moment but uh, Jesse the thing that I was most disappointed about was there were so many Favre puns available to us I was going to call the next pod Father year plan I've seen the lad Charlie that does the designs the God Favre was on Twitter already trending I mean how disappointing is it to lose all these puns?
4: Um got a bit old a bit quickly didn't it I mean I was peddling the glad I didn't put a father on it um I, I think everyone's allowed to one father apart and that's it that's your allowance no one was is allowed to do more than one
0: yeah I think okay oh that's a shame because I had quite a lot lined up but that's um no that's fine um Dom let's come to you then you, you broke the story last night late last night I was doing my show down in Brighton uh Giles Paley Phillips and his lovely wife Michelle came to Watch me, they live down the coast in uh, Seaford, Charles. I do blank with him. And afterwards, we were chatting, probably at the same time you were writing up the story, and we were joking, saying, wouldn't it be classic Palace if father, and that didn't become our manager at some point. I walked to the car, opened my phone, and my phone is blowing up with messages from patrons and everyone saying, what's happening? What did happen, and where, where does it leave Palace now? Bearing in mind we were at the end of June. Um, what happened...
2: Well, you go back to the Nuno rejection and the deadline that, that passed there and, and Palace moving on from Nuno, I think in the days that, that followed, um, they were made aware that Lucien Favre was an option for them, that he, that, that he might be quite keen on taking this this role. And I think that there's probably a, a fair bit of early scepticism over a 63-year-old Swiss manager with no experience of, of managing in the Premier League um but the more they asked around and the more they sort of delved into his background and what he'd done at Borussia Mönchengladbach and what he'd done at, at as you see Nice in France um they realized actually he ticked a lot of boxes and he would be a the right type of person to 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 make use of the the younger players that we've got coming through the younger players that we hope to bring in um and he has this great ability it seems to hoist clubs up tables and punching above their weights and and that's what he'd done at virtually all the clubs that he'd managed so there that that prompted talks um talks that seemed to be going very very well there was a face-to-face meeting as far as i understand it um in in the south of france um towards the end of last week um from which it appeared that all parties were moving in the right direction then uh, the lawyers got involved and looking at the contracts and that 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 took the weekend and dragged into this week but it was all very positive still as far as i'm told it was very meticulous the, the way that the swiss were were dealing with it and but the, the noises from his from him and and his representative were, were always this is going to be great we're looking forward to to working with you um then obviously visa issues. that They had to look into how how that was going to work, and 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 the very real issue of quarantine and how managers come over and when how long they have to stay in quarantine. So there were things occupying Palace's mind. There were things that they were having to sort out. Um, but it all seemed to be going smoothly, as far as I'm again, as far as I'm aware. the, the, the idea was that he was going to sign the contract presumably at his home. And I presume that's in Switzerland. That's the presumption on Thursday morning. Um, and then it it went quiet. And the phone call, I think, came early afternoon uh, from the representative saying that he'd slept on it. And actually, despite having spoken for almost two weeks um, and being very positive about coming to England, suddenly the idea of a new surrounding, a new country, a new language, a new project, a, a big project, um, all felt very daunting to him at, at 63. Uh, his English isn't brilliant. It's I'm sure it would have got very it would have got better very very quickly. He's obviously got linguistic skills, but it was too much for him. And I think there were attempts by Palace to to persuade him that actually this is something that he should be pursuing, and that you know we 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 got so far down the line here, where, you know this 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 seems a good fit, but that he wasn't for turning uh, apparently just was just, just just was adamant that no I don't have another job lined up it's not as if Everton have suddenly come in or Spurs have come in or Lille have come back or Fenerbahce I am not been. I'm not working anytime soon I I need more time out of the game I don't think I've got the energy for this now that leaves them in the lurch bottom line that's they have pursued someone that that the more they looked at it, they realised that he was a good, a really good fit for them. He would have been a great choice. I think you just have to look at the reaction on amongst the fan base, those who who have found out about him and have watched a bit of the Borussia Dortmund documentaries on Amazon. They just he, he looked a really, really good fit, and mm. and to the extent that on that Wednesday night, it was all verbally agreed. It was there. I, I know there's, there's been a lot of of uh, frustration and anger on social media about how people have jumped the gun on on writing this was going to happen it was agreed wednesday night it was agreed thursday morning it was all going to be done it was just going to be formally signed and we've got a obviously a legal mind in this room nothing is certain until it's properly signed off yeah but as much as it could be it was it was all in place and then and then he's pulled the rug out of it uh, from underneath it and um yeah, I think I think it's not them for six. To be honest, I, I I don't think it's what they they couldn't they hadn't seen this one coming. Nuno, there were probably signs. There were probably concerns um, over Jorge Mendes and 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 the influence that he might wield. But, but on this one, all the noises were positive right up until the point when they weren't.
0: Yeah, I was going to ask you that, Andy. It's, this is pretty rare. This, this sort of thing doesn't happen that often in football. Once people have verbally agreed, normally things go through. So this is, this is quite a sort of rare situation for anyone to happen to, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it's, it's, it's not unprecedented that you would basically have reached agreement on all of the commercial terms. You do, in Dom's words, agreed effectively everything but putting the pen to the paper to signify your actual agreement to things. Um that said, these these things do happen. They happen in football. They happen in other commercial contexts. It's absolutely gutting for any organisation when they do. But I, you know, I've, I've worked on uh, both football deals and things in other industries where this type of thing has been seen and has ha- has has happened. And I've, I've said before on the pod, that I think some fans in their own minds have this what I call unique club fallacy, where they think that theirs is the only club that certain things happen to and Palace are not the only club that this sort of thing has happened to albeit that it is rare that you get that far down the line and things are reported in the certain terms that they were but but they can and do happen it's 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 pretty unfortunate and quite gutting I think for absolutely everyone both fans those involved in the club and you know anyone who's worked on this type of deal when it does happen but yeah it it, unfortunately it's a fact of commercial life until the pen is on the paper and the ink is drying nothing is agreed
0: yeah, but as Dom says, unfortunately, it does mean the clock is ticking for Palace and it does sort of leave us in, in the lurch. I mean, actually, as Dom was saying about fans watching the documentary, Richard, my dad, I said yesterday with dad in between shows at mum and dad's place in Chichester and he was very excited about Favre. He'd done his research, he'd read some old articles and he was very, very excited. I think a lot of fans were. Were you excited when it was looked like it was happening and what was your reaction when you found out the news yesterday that it wasn't?
3: Yes, I think he did uh, tick a lot of the boxes because of his development of youth players. He obviously is a relatively progressive uh, manager, produces quite, you know, slightly more attack minded football, perhaps. Uh, And then, you know, as Don pointed out, he'd taken clubs that hadn't been doing particularly well, middling clubs, let's say, or even down towards the bottom, and he'd improved their fortunes, all of them. So, he would have been a good fit, um, and I always, I am a little bit cynical that until it's done, it's you shouldn't get excited about it. Stupidly, I did get excited about it. <laughs> I talked to my son about it. He was going, "This is it. This is the one we wanted." Somehow, it's come up to this, and then obviously the news started coming through last night. I checked. I checked with a certain Mister. fivefoot Is this really happening? He confirmed. Yeah, I'm afraid it is. As in, it's not happening. Um, I just, I don't know, really. It, it, when you get that close, it is incredibly frustrating because, as you say, we're now going back, we're not even going back to square one. We're going back to before square one because a lot of the people who we've spoken to we've rejected and now we're going to go back to them and say, oh, actually, could you consider us again? And if I was in their position, I'd probably tell us where to go. So we're sort of further behind the even we were three or four weeks ago after Nuno's deal collapsed. So it is a massive concern. I think what it might lead to is a short-term fix. And I think that might involve, you know, some people are already at the club and I say it now, and I'm probably going to get castigated for this, <laughs> Maybe even a return for Roy Hodgson in the short term. OK, <laughs> well, <laughs> castigate me, everybody. If you don't know what castigate means, go on Twitter and find out.
0: OK, it's not, it doesn't mean castrate, I don't think, because that's no, not what doesn't. you were about to well, say. Well, no, no, no. You won't be surprised to know that we have had questions, we'll read later on, that do involve uh, Roy and I uh, think Mr Friedman you were talking about there as well. Um, Jesse, you alluded to a rant earlier. Do, do you want to rant or would you like me to give you a positive angle?
4: not really going to rant i was just uh a slip of the tongue um I this, this sort of, i've been trying to reconcile it all really in my own brain i think we all have just trying to work out what's going on reading really between the lines joining the dots here i mean i sort of tried to boil it down to two or three things really as a succession strategy I mean, i've been really unlucky that's been generous um Or there's some sort of master plan, which we don't know about. And maybe there is a plan B that will will suddenly pop out of nowhere, which would obviously be delightful. Or it's just a a bit of a madness because it's like, it feels like we might have been a bit complacent. I think there's no Premier League club uh, at any level that doesn't get inundated with people interested in a position like this. Like We're probably sitting quite pretty at first glance. So I guess someone like Faber probably felt, oh, they've been in the Premier League for eight or nine years. Something's, something, you don't do that by accident. That's, that's a great um, kind of platform. Tell me more. And I guess as he peeled away the layers, you know, as everything Dom said around, let alone the fact that he's 63 and doesn't English very well and would have to up sticks. It's like, there's also a huge challenge there with the amount of players that we know that aren't resigned yet. There's a summer... There's a summer tournament going on. Everyone in football goes on holiday uh, later than ever this year. Like it's Trying to patch a team together when everyone's on song lounge just by the pool doesn't sound very easy to me. Whoever you are, let alone our situation, uh, coming in this close to pre-season training. Um, but yeah, it just feels like there must have been a little bit of complacency there that we'd have no trouble uh, replacing Roy. Um, but yeah, I'll just keep coming back to this this Graham Potter thing, which everyone's like, if we did, if we were going to go for a Cooper or someone a little bit risky on paper, Brighton did appoint him in mid-May, five days after sacking Hewton. Like that is, that's how you mitigate risk as much as you can. Like, but We're knocking on 40 days since Roy left now. Mm. Um, much closer to pre-season than we were at the end of the last season. So it just feels like this was not the plan. And I really, I mean, I've, I've got a question for Dom really, because some, I was trying to compare us to Everton or Tottenham because they're clearly having managerial struggles. I'm sure their fans are moaning in the same way that we are yeah. but okay Everton were be bit unlucky because um, Ancelotti chose to leave them but Spurs got rid of their manager albeit a bit earlier than we did um, probably have financial constraints because you know they're in a hole because of the stadium and everything they've outlaid on that how comparable are Palace to Spurs Dom or like where would you draw the line there
2: Spurs have got twice as many players yeah yeah and that as well better players um spurs spurs has been up has sort of been hoisted up there as a as an example of a of of a shambles this summer it has been and their fans have their fans have successfully protested against one candidate in in genaro gattuso and successfully in as much as that that candidacy was subsequently dropped by daniel levy um but they've they're having to do that again now because the man that is currently in pole position to take that role is Nuno, who is another, as we know, Jorge Mendes' client, like Cattuso is, like Lopetegui is, who they sounded out as well. Um, and there is a general groundswell of disbelief amongst the fan base at Spurs that that a candidate like Nuno, with the sort of stodgy football that and solid football. Uh, that he played at Wolverhampton Wanderers would be under consideration there. That they can just see it's more of the same. It's going to be sort of Mourinho Mark II um, coming through the door. So, that, 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 but the, the fact is that they're still. I think probably whoever they appoint, they'll still finish seventh or eighth. We're not in. We don't have that luxury. We 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 know the implications of getting this decision wrong. We we've always known the implications of getting this decision wrong. Um, and when you throw in the upheaval of the squads and the very reality that the players players are in for testing at the end of next week end of next week thursday friday whenever it is at the end of next week and, and i know this has been on the the patreon whatsapp group today and the people have been listing the number of f- senior first team players that, that will be in attendance and you can argue whether some of them are i mean do you count yaroslav yak as a first team player well, he'll be there i mean he'll be there But realistically, you're looking at anything between 10 and 13 first-team players who are fit, who will be reporting back. That's its own own story. That's where we're at. That is where we're at. Have we ever been in this position before? Were we in this position when we got promoted in 2013? I, I don't want to be too doom and gloom because there is still time. There is still time to get this sorted out. There is still time to get a manager... Overseeing the first day of preseason training proper on the 5th of July. But that can happen. There is still time in the in the transfer market for players to be brought in and for all those those long lists drawn up by the scouting department and the technical director for them to act on them and to get them through the door. However, our track record is not great on all this stuff. Ebericese's move, which is sort of put up there as this is the big success story in the transfer market the last three years. Pretty sure that took two to three weeks <coughs> to negotiate. We need to do that for about five or six players.
0: Yeah, time is time is, time is ticking down. I will say that Yaris Yak, by the way, has been, made more appearances in my stand-up show than he has for Palace in the last couple of years. <laughs> um... My brother-in-law died suddenly. It's, uh, yeah, the, t- the clock is ticking. It's interesting, Andy, isn't it? Because Jesse said that, alluded there to a lot of fans are sort of filling in the blanks themselves, really. But it's difficult to know why Favre has decided to walk away, whether it's personal reasons, something to do with the club, until he really says what those reasons are. We're going to be in the dark, really. C- can I put a suggestion to you that this might be a good thing in that if Favre had these worries and took the job, he may have left... Two or three weeks, months into the job, and we've been in a much worse position than we are now. So, if he was going to leave or not take the job, I guess now is the time for it to happen. As as gutting as that is for us,
1: yeah, I, I'd, I'd agree with that. And I think um, obviously that will be said by some to be putting an overly optimistic skewing gloss on all of this. But it does dial down on a, a more interesting wider point: the, the heart of all of these stories. Ultimately, there are all sorts of human dynamics at play, and if someone doesn't want to do a job, you can't force them to do so. And if someone decides at the last minute that they, you know, their heart isn't in it, then there is sometimes very little point in trying to force them to do so. So, yeah, I mean, it would have been, and we've seen we've seen other stories of this type, haven't we, in, in football before? Dave Bassett all those years ago, and Stevie Coppel when he went to Bristol City, by all accounts, and, and various others. It, it's not the only instance of it happening, it's pretty extraordinary when it it does. And these things tend to blow up quite quickly when they do. But I mean, ultimately we all remember how quickly the Frank De Boer situation turned sour and him, him leaving. Obviously that was after four games that hadn't gone well. And then we ended up with a particularly bad, uh, bad start to the season overall. But I think just to hark back to what Dom says there, there is still plenty of time, not only to, uh, deal with the situation in terms of a managerial appointment and in terms of uh recruiting to the playing staff but you know the football isn't anywhere near starting yet you know that it will be a pivotal season for crystal palace and what happens in the next 60 to 90 days will be determinative of what happens in that pivotal season but there's still a lot of stuff that can happen in in the interim so it's it's it's, it's a very bleak day or two for palace but it's it's not fatal
0: <laughs> I mean, it's also not something we haven't been through before because this is Crystal Palace. So we have, uh, we've lived through many a saga. The thing is, Richard, actually, um, and again, we have to take Favre at his word that uh, he hasn't got a job lined up. He just didn't fancy it at the moment, needs a break. <laughs> Imagine if we see him popping up somewhere else. At Everton well, like that. Yeah. that would be a kick in the balls, wouldn't it?
3: Uh, it sort of reminds me a bit of the Dowie situation when he said, oh, I need to move back up north (laughs) because I need to be close to my family. I know he was a a graduate, but he didn't graduate in geography because going to Charlton (laughs) is not going up north, Ian. That's going south and east. Um, So I have – I do you know what? I think he might end up going to someone else. Um, I just – do people really change their mind after that length of time and the amount of negotiations that went on? And I was actually going to ask Dom this, because, you know, when we were talking about it possibly happening, there was the issue with, uh, you know, his visa and the quarantine thing. And I just wonder if those two elements weren't there. And, you know, we wouldn't have to worry about that. He might have signed the contract. Do you you see that as being a, a possibility that if it had been a lot smoother and he wouldn't have had to worry about that sort of thing, it, it might've actually said yes. And of course he could have had second thoughts afterwards, but he might've even signed it.
2: It's look, like his conjecture, but I guess if, if he'd got in the country and Steve and Dougie had taken him around the Sparkling Academy facility at Beckenham and, and shown the vision that the club has for the future, rather than doing it presumably through PowerPoint presentations and slide presentations on zoom. I mean, Steve, Steve did do the sales pitch thing. Um, and Favre did it back. And that was face to face. And that was in France. Um, yeah. But I think it, it might've been dif- different had, had he been around, Look, he could have gone the other way. He might've seen the main stand and thought, no chance. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but it, it these are exceptional times really difficult times and if you're a 63 year old swiss bloke who's who's worked in germany and switzerland and and france where you speak the language and all you know and all, all all occasions and and suddenly when it comes down to crunch time you're upping sticks and going to south london which you don't know and you've not been around and you're being asked to commit to a contract in your living room um maybe maybe it does play in your mind maybe it does Mm. and that that would be a unique scenario to covid times um i don't really want to get into the brexit thing because i think i think i think it is i don't i I don't know the ins and outs and obviously the swiss aren't in the eu and now we're not either but there are complications over who gets visas and who doesn't i mean and it is a more complicated procedure now than it was um i think that's just the reality of it but but you know the prospects of quarantining and uh, yeah you should think long term you should obviously if you're going to get given a three-year contract you're thinking about what you're going to be doing between 2021 and 2024 but but if there's any element of doubt in your mind maybe it doesn't take a lot to push you over the edge I'm saying, yeah no, don't do see,
3: i don't want to do it i just think if he'd have being able to come to the club, as you say, and and just got the... I'm sure Parrish is very good at selling it. And as you say, the academy is an amazing development. And it's, you know, that plays the fact that we are now a Category 1 academy. We did incredibly well last season through the under-18s, under-23s. Got this fantastic facility. And that might have played on it say, oh, wow, this is how... We're going to develop the young players. We can bring them through. I and mean, it might have been, you know, that would have made his mind up. And he it said, might, It might have been. do worry about the reservations so much.
2: We shouldn't kid ourselves. This, this bloke was working at the Westfalen and study on for, for two years. At, yeah. So Finishing second in the Bundesliga. The Allianz Riviera in Nice is one of the most spectacularly beautiful stadiums you could possibly <laughs> imagine. It's yeah. gorgeous. It's mm. incredible that the... the, the I don't know whether the Ratcliffe's were there when he was there. I don't think they were, but I mean, but Nice has got so much potential and it's in a beautiful part of the world. Yeah. Gladbach go to their stadium. It's incredible. I mean, and the academy system, I mean, we lost Manny Egbo to them a few years back. Um, And so this bloke, this bloke wouldn't have been blown away, I don't think necessarily by coming to Seles Park and, and, Beckenham. Yeah, seeing <laughs> a tasty jerk. I mean, I don't I don't know. I I, I but but there's a lot there, there are other things. I mean the Premier League isn't is is a reason to come.
3: Yeah.
2: Um the, the the money on offer is a reason to come, the, the project is a reason to come, yeah,
3: yeah.
2: And ultimately he determined
0: that they weren't enough. Do we this is complete conjecture, but do you know if, if Roy was to, evolved in tour in in convincing him to come to palace Uh, and i only say that because of the switzerland link but that's a complete guess as i know i i don't know whether there was any
2: contact there i don't see why there would have been i don't think their paths would have ever crossed
0: okay there you go um jesse it's um let me put this to you from mr john robert he says um sounds like the job to sort out the current situation and we have to take his word really don't we with 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 where things have gone at the moment uh, before the start of the season was too big for him, maybe come back in six months. Would you be open to that sort of thing happening? Or do you think really for Palace, that's not workable?
4: I don't know. I don't know how that works practically. I mean, I saw that he um, said today that he wanted a longer break from football and he's been out of work for six, seven months already. So I don't know how plausible that is. But then you got to factor in, maybe he wants some easier situations to walk into. Like moving country, new language, new league, sounds. There's, you know, it's a big leap for him. Um, I I just can't help but think he had to look under the bonnet and realize what what he was up against. You know, and at that point, you say all the money's agreed, and he's happy with the deal. That's the point at which you think about jobs you've been offered in the past, and I've certainly had this. Once you get past the initial stages, and it's looking like it's on. That's, that's the moment where you really start to think about do I want to do this job? So I don't. There's, any, there's an element of human nature there you've got to really allow for. And I, this is not a small task. This is this is a huge hmm. situation you'd be walking into. Um, I don't know. I feel like I was worried for a minute that <laughs> then I realised that Tony Pudis left us about two two days before the start of the season, <laughs> mid August. I thought that, that's that's got sort of six weeks away. So. You think about it in those terms <laughs> it doesn't, feel as, doesn't seem as bad does
0: it yeah, yeah we're not in Pulis territory yet are we um, no as I say we do have to sort of take him at his at his word really and um, if he wasn't if he didn't fancy it didn't fancy it it's, uh, it's very very difficult but it does leave Palace in a difficult situation um, why don't we take a break here guys and then um, in part two we've got questions from our listeners and they uh, involve a lot around where the Palace go from here Welcome back
1: to the Five You Plan Podcast.
0: Slightly hey. Hey. more positive than half an hour ago. That's, that's that's not too bad. Um I forgot to do in part one. Guys, I forgot to do a shout out to a random patron. That's pathetic for me, isn't it? So let, 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 let's give let's give the best drum roll we've ever done on this podcast for a random patron. <laughs> Andy, that's so half arsed. The rest of you, beautiful. Um it's Mr. Tim Warren. <laughs> Uh, uh okay. Tim. Tim, Tim. Hello Tim. Recently joined our Patreon. You can join our Patreon and get all the awards uh, like Tim, like the post-match Podcast, Patreon only merchandise, access the Patreon only WhatsApp Club that Dom referenced to earlier, which is very busy at the moment, um, at patreon.com forward slash FYP podcast. And so, the well, quiz, Jim, and the quiz. And the quiz. I need to add that mm-hmm. to my notes. So the quiz that we did last week, which was lovely to see all our familiar faces at the quiz
1: new winner I and mean, you go in the draw to be the new palace manager too <laughs> <laughs> um
0: we do have new merchandise as well which uh patrons get all patrons get 20 percent off immediately but um non-patrons can also buy um at podcastmerch.co.uk forward slash fyp-podcast so that is available right now so if you fancy some fyp merch do get involved uh we've got some questions from our listeners uh jamie Peniston raja says oh, Jeremy. Oh, Jeremy. Oh, Jeremy. Oh, well jimmy pinson Roger, the great ape and charlie eight and lo- charlino eight sorry and lots of other people are simply just saying why so i think that gives you a taste <laughs> of what people wow. have feeling like at the moment dave louis one says is this typical palace yeah maybe maybe and and you know where this one's going ad baps has says, have we finally turned the corner and landed in a ditch <laughs> all on a very similar uh, theme. Now, we do have questions from a few people about where we go now, which I want to ask all of you, because that really is the big question facing Palace with the clock ticking down. We're not quite in Pulis territory, as you said yet, uh, uh, Jesse, but obviously the clock is ticking. But first of all, we had a question here from uh, Christian Eagle, at Christian Eagle 0 and He says, what's your thoughts on ITK accounts? Dom, I'll come to you here, because we, I assume Christian's talking about well, there's a pl- plethora of sort of fake ITK accounts are on the internet. Um, but you want to talk about this. W- w- what are your thoughts on this as well?
2: I I, I don't know. I, I looked
0: at this and I thought, probably because I was feeling slightly,
2: <laughs> slightly wounded by the whole experience um, of uh, social media for the last 24 hours, probably, I mean, you know, fair enough in, in some cases, but I probably looked at it and thought, this, this is somebody suggesting that... Um, uh the the initial initial round of stories on Favre should not have been so positive that, that that we shouldn't have written that that this deal has been agreed and that that uh he's set to become i think a lot of the papers went with set to set to become i went with uh, has agreed to become um paris's new manager um and i, and I was just gonna uh, let no one no one wants a defense of journalists um but on this occasion i just wanted to try and justify why we did it why why that was done and 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 why? I mean, the, the basics of it was that that is the information that we had at the time, and 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 that was that was what Palace believed at the time. That is what Father's Camp believed at the time. Wednesday night, um, it changed on Thursday afternoon, um, and because of the internet, as opposed to the you old know, print um, press, etc., you can then come out with a. With a new story um, in the blink of an eye, and and so the stories that went out on yeah. Thursday night reflected the change that had happened over the course of the day. Now I know there are a lot of angry people out there about that. A lot of there have been suggestions that we've deliberately led people up the garden path. It genuinely, wasn't that? It really, really wasn't that. It was. It was the situation as we understood it at the time and we had from the sources that I was speaking to I was I have a lot of faith in those guys Um, and I believe what they said and I have no reason to disbelieve them now that is that is where it was on Wednesday night and then Thursday likewise the way it changed the ITK thing which Christian refers to probably does is a direct reference to these twitter handles that are suddenly cropping up everywhere where People are sort of promoting ideas and, I, and 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 hearing snippets and and claiming them to be the case. And I bet there are some of them out there that are true. There probably are because if you have enough random thoughts on something, <laughs> you probably like to stumble across the truth at one once or twice. But I I, I don't know whether I, I don't know whether those guys are actually sourcing information, double sourcing information, triple sourcing information. So probably be wary is what i'd say to christian but but you know i'm i'm not in a position of much uh, authority on this at the moment given the way the last 24 hours have
0: gone well as you say the, these things happen in football i think with a lot of those itk accounts someone told me once what they do is they put out they put out everything that could happen and then when it does they delete the other stuff so that so it looks like they were right the whole time but i think i just say be very careful who you follow i mean we've we've had we've had faked on five accounts on it for, for a part haven't we up there well Moving apparently up. i am a fake don firefield so. <laughs> no, <laughs> <laughs> i think i, I think uh, there, was, there was a fake ed aaron's account i think this week yeah, as that, well that yeah, the, the yeah, people got duped up. by as well so you do have to be very unfortunately that is that is part of the internet you do have to be very very careful there is truthful stuff and genuine people doing the work out there but you do have to be very very careful but richard you you work in the same in, industry as well you have to bear in mind a lot of these Journalists covering Palace are actually Palace fans as well and want the best for the club. They want this stuff to happen. They want it, you know, no one's misleading anyone. They want the club to do well and do good things. But sometimes, as Dom says, you know, fact is stranger than fiction sometimes. Strange things do happen.
3: And and you know, as Dom points out, you know, that those were the facts. And and good journalists double check, treble check facts. They don't just go, oh, I've heard this, I'm gonna put it out there. And you know there are times when suddenly something changes and you, they can't be controlled by the journalist. The journalist is just there to broadcast what he thinks or she thinks is the situation at the time. Now, if that situation changes, that's not the journalist's fault. If the journalist makes shit up, then yes, they, they should be um, rightly rounded up. Um, but, uh, you know, we all know Dom is... A, an excellent journalist and he wouldn't do that. And you know, there are a lot of others out there who would not do that. The ITK stuff. I mean, some of it is ridiculous when you get those people who say, you know, on the first day of the fixture release, they apparently release the fixtures <laughs> yeah. and they're completely wrong, but they get one of them right in November and say, oh, I told you that we were going to be playing West Ham away. And you're going, yeah, but 38 others. It's just mad. So, very treat all these itk accounts with real kid gloves because it there's a lot of hooey out there and and these people are just there to sort of you know get clicks and attract eyeballs and just go to the people you trust that's what i would say and there are a few i trust and and a lot i don't trust
0: the thing the thing is um and we've said this before with Twitter, P- people get angry and people, when something happens that's d- disappointing, which this is, people want to people react. And uh, unfortunately, a lot of people react in the wrong way. But people are angry and frustrated and you know we're not all down the pub at the moment so, uh, getting annoyed over a pint of beer. So they do, they do want to react. And unfortunately, Twitter, that happens. Unfortunately, people like Dom, you end up on, on the end of it, uh, as unfair as that is. Um, but let's move on. Andy, you've had a question here from at CPFC Bible.
1: Oh, hi, nice. at CPFC, Pavel.
0: <laughs> and this is a question that I think a lot of people have asked in various forms today, and it's quite simply: where where do we go from here? Where do we go now?
1: Oh. <laughs> uh, goodness, nice. Goodness, nice. I mean, uh, I think Palace are the masters of pointing stop gaps and firefighters, aren't <laughs> we? So, and it kind of has that feel at the moment that we might need one again. Um, but I, you no, know, I wouldn't like to say. I think. The thing to remember is that this is not 2010 anymore. Palace are still an attractive proposition to good managers. Yeah. We will, despite the manner in which the last few days have gone, still be uh in demand as a, a managerial post. It's not like we were when we first came up when we had to fight tooth and nail to get Tony Pulis to agree to be our manager. Um, you know, <laughs> under duress almost. Uh this is now. A situation where we've been in the Premier League for an awful long time and, and the, the the selection will be one that needs to be made very, very carefully, but there are options and there will be options. So, uh, where do we go? We, we need to decide of those who are, and this sounds incredibly trite and obvious, but of those who are available, which manager is best able to work with a transitional squad where there isn't money to sign eight players that you might need, can work with uh, young players and some ex pro, uh, ex pro instead <laughs> some solid senior pros. Who, <laughs> apologies to the, the more senior members of the Palace squad, um, who can work with you know that that almost uh typical Palace ragtag bunch that we we may have for parts of this season and will potentially have you know experience within the English league structure. I mean, that's not an easy set of criteria but that would be the one against which i would be determining which, which way to go next
0: we do like a ragtag bunch of palace to be honest it's very much on brand for our
1: um jesse there are a few people here um
0: sort of either side of the coin i'll read these questions out to you and see see where you land um kevin at kevin ta steph says um if we can attract favre to come to the negotiating table then surely we should still be aiming high especially uh established top flight club should always aim high Um, And Benchmark C says, being positive, I like how he has to caveat his question there, at least we gave it a go with plan A and plan B. What's plan C? But on the flip side, Crumply Addo says, imagine being the guy that is third choice palace manager. Would be difficult for anyone coming in to feel believed in that situation. And then I'll I'll throw you this uh, grenade as well. Says, should we just let Dougie have another crack? (laughs) You knew that was coming up at some point. I guess the answer
4: to all of those is there's a huge spectrum of possibility. It feels like anything could happen. So in being positive, it maybe feels like, yeah, like Andy said, we are still an attractive proposition. There could be managers we didn't know would be interested, forgot they're even around still, who just come out of the woodwork. Because that's a fresh conversation, it wouldn't look too bad to them that they're not first choice. That could be kind of a best case scenario out of nowhere, hypothetically. Then you've got the kind of, the Deitches and the Eddie Howe, maybe Dom can tell us what he thinks about that, but it just feels like they would have happened already if that was going to happen and maybe Bridges have burnt. No idea. And then the other end of the spectrum, I hate to say this, but it really feels like a Chris Coleman could come out of the woodwork because he's got the experience the Premier League, let's not forget. Yeah. We've done a pretty good job with younger players here and there and known to the club and we know how how that kind of ranks historically. I wouldn't say that. That would be uh, ridiculous to sort of see that pop up. But long, long, you know, all in summary, it just feels
0: like any of those things are possible. To be fair, former Palace captain Jeff Thomas did come on this very podcast and said Chris Coleman would be one of his choices. Um, Dom, we've had a few questions about Dougie. As far as I'm aware, Dougie doesn't want to do it, does he? I don't think.
2: No, not as far as i I'm aware. No, I don't think. I think
0: I don't think Dougie sees himself as a as a manager anymore. No, I think he's sort of quite happy doing the role of director of football. But it is fu- it is funny how a lot of the fans do sort of go that way with Dougie. Um, every time the manager uh, question comes up, what about this one, Dom from S. Shannon? England glory in the Euros, and then welcome Southgate back as manager. That would be a hat trick of the last three. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah, I hadn't thought of that. Um, I'm doing a lot of work at the moment on Southgate's managerial style for the Athletic. And if I'm perfectly honest, I'm not sure he's suited to club football. I think he's very suited to international football. He's he's Everybody tells me he's a brilliant, brilliant man-manager. Um, but it's Steve Holland who does the coaching with England. And bearing in mind that they only usually spend like six days together and then the tournaments come along and you spend seven weeks at the best of times in those every every two years. I, I just I don't see it. I don't see Gareth Southgate getting a Premier League job when he leaves England. I I suspect if anything he'll he'll stay within the FA and that would be my instinct anyway, that he, he'd probably have a role there. I think he's excellent at that. And, and you only have to look at how he deals with all the stuff that gets thrown at him off the pitch. Um, he's a master at it, absolute master. But tactically and the, for the rigours of a Premier League season, I don't think so.
0: No, I like Southgate. I think he's got a, he's got a fantastic... I was going to say vibe. I am going to say aura. I'm not, not sure either of those words actually work. Why would he
2: but... want this after the England job either, to be honest? I mean, it's, it's, that's pretty all-consuming as it is. I suspect that his next role will be um, slightly
0: more chilled. <laughs> something, te- something technical, maybe.
2: When it comes to business travel in Orlando, it's never business as usual. Oh sure, I could go on for days about all the incredible places to hold meetings or the Michelin dining or the innovative industries that'll make you feel right at home. But Dr. Michael Edwards of Ocean Insight said it best. Orlando is as much a business capital as an entertainment one. So dive in and see what's happening in Orlando where the possibilities for business travel are unbelievably real. Learn more at
0: Orlando for Business um, yeah i mean it's richard it's it's a big job it's a big job for whoever comes in and we've had as you can imagine so many suggestions here battle johnny says has paris still got roy's number archie d3108 out of frank how and deitch who would you prefer and why assuming they're still on the table Stuart wibley Derian mccarthy could be the answer do you think the club should be looking closer to home? I mean, we're getting some, we're getting ideas. Oh, look at this one. Brock Bank, somewhere out there. Big Sam is stocking up on Chuddy. What's Chuddy? I don't
3: know. I don't, You might don't have, want to know. You don't really
0: want to say it, probably. <laughs> I have no idea what that is. I assume it's a drink of some, some sort. Um, Richard, it's, it's a huge job for whoever comes in, isn't it? Um, and I'm not even sure any of these names mentioned there. Would be right? I don't know. What do you think?
3: Uh, I don't know. I mean, you look at the odds and, um, yeah, Gareth Salke, it's 50-1 to 1 alongside Steve Koppel. <laughs> I think if Steve Koppel comes back, then we're in real yeah, big doo-doo. Um, you know, of all those, well, you know, the, the favourites are obviously, Deich has been mentioned, but as far as I know, I think he's either signed his new contract... Or he's about to put pen to paper, but that's no guarantee. Um, (laughs) Cooper, I don't think so. He hasn't got enough club experience. He's only been at Swansea for two years. and then he was involved in the under-17s, under-18s with England. Did very well, but again, as Dom points out, it's a very different environment. It's not a club environment, and I I just don't think he's got enough. How is an interesting thing, isn't it? Because he's now been without a job for about a year. You know, he left Bournemouth, And he's been close and he was obviously very close to Celtic and something went wrong there because he was, you know, being courted and then they had negotiations and then it all dropped out. So something's gone a bit weird there. And you've got Lampard. The one that I don't understand is Marco Silva. Why on earth would you bring in Marco Silva? I I just don't understand that. He failed miserably at Everton, took hold out. I I, I don't get that. and yeah, Doogie, as Dom says, he doesn't want to be a manager. He hasn't been a manager since he left Bolton. I mean, it's, it's a long time ago now. And if he did want to, he'd have, he'd have
0: got a... He was at Forest for a bit, wasn't he? he was Forest, at Forest right. a bit. yeah, yeah. But
3: that none of them are grabbing me. And what I'm really interested in is how the players, I know there aren't many left, but the ones that are left, how are they viewing all this? Are they just going this is a bit of a bloody disaster here. Why, why isn't this being settled? And it must be unsettling for those players who are left because they're, you know, a lot of moving out very soon. And then they're going to be, as Storm says, there are 10 to 13 turning up for testing and training. What do they actually think is going on here? And I think Paris is going to have to do a good job in persuading them that actually we're still on track. We're still that club that, are, you know, could go to the next level because at the moment there's only one level we're looking at and that happens to be going
1: down.
0: Yeah, I wonder how the players look at it. I think players do look at these situations differently from fans because it is obviously their job and their careers are a bit more transient than the rest of us. But it would be interesting to And just Townsend was good
2: on that on Talksport this morning. He was talking about how um the word amongst the players and they were all discussing it was that that Favre was coming in. That he was there, he was he, you know that they got the visa, it was all sorted. Mm. And then it all just all just went wrong on the following day, and 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 he he seen. I mean, he's obviously got a vested interest. He needs a manager to come in and and offer him a contract, and yeah. to to prompt the club to do that. But it must be so unsettling for him. It must be so unsettling mm. for Joel and and Gary Cahill and Scott Dan, all these guys who who have been offered this sort of tempter that you you know you you, you fingers crossed you should be here next season, but the only person that that's been sorted is Christian Benteke and and mm. yeah anyway of all those options that Rich has just discussed logically speaking there is only one that Palace should be going for in this situation in in with a with a half squad with what is clearly going to be a difficult season coming up there is only one option. If you if you want reassurance, if your priority is to stay in the division, then you go out and you spend the money and you get Sean Dyche. Yeah. He hasn't signed the contract. That contract's been on the table for weeks, far longer than Palace were negotiating over Nuno, far longer than Palace were negotiating over Favre, And he hasn't signed it. Um, but he has signed a player this week. Nathan Collins has joined for mm-hmm. £12 million, a mm-hmm. player that Palace liked. Um, which people saw as a precursor to him signing, but he's still not signed it. It's still not there. It's still not in in black and white. And and if if I think this might be a time where, yeah, it's it's been admirable to have all these grand philosophies and and we we want to harness the youth and to to bring through these kids coming through and, and to be progressive with our football and to... And to do this and to do that and it's and, and be the polar opposite of what P- Roy Hodgson was apart from the survival bit. Um But actually, we're now f- six days away from pre-season training. We haven't got a manager. We've got half a squad. This is the time to be pragmatic again. This yeah. is the time to bring in the manager that can actually keep you in the division Um and and probably could with the addition of three or four as opposed to five or six. And that's Sean Dyche. That's not one yeah. else. That's Sean Dyche. And if you want, if you don't want to go down that road, and you you still want a bit of dynamism, and you still want a bit of energy, and a sort of a, sort of, a bit of pizzazz, then the only other option I see is Frank Lampard, and and that that brings a, an element of risk because it doesn't come with the safety net. It doesn't come with a bloke who's had a rele- ever been in a relegation battle and and come through it. Um, but yeah, your guess is as good as mine as to where what, they're going. At, I
4: what, do- what, at what point does do we just? take the initiative and give some players some contracts just to save save a new manager a week um, of wasting time.
2: Well, you don't have any guarantees that any of those players will sign those contracts either. You don't know what they've been offered elsewhere and, you, and they may want more years than you're offering and they will, may want more money than you're offering. They may look at Palace's predicament, managerial predicament, and they think, well... I have no guarantee that the manager coming in is going to want to have me anyway. So I'm going to want want that extra 15 grand a week. Thanks very much. Um, They're all, I mean, nothing is certain about this. Nothing at all is certain. And, and I I think there was a period earlier in the summer where Palace were actually in a quite a positive position and they were, they were in a position of relative strength and they they could, they could certainly confront the the contractual situations around the players. And and with with a degree of confidence that we, we hold the upper hand here, we, we can, you know we're the ones in power They they want us to, but actually now mm. I, I don't think that's the case i think it's i think it's mm. gone full circle i think i think now the it's flipped and and the, the palace are desperate for players they may be even more desperate in a week's time i mean well, it is what it is
0: <laughs> it is what it is good good title for the podcast i think i think it's admirable that palace have been ambitious with their manager search but um I think someone like Sean Deitch, who probably wasn't that attractive at the start of the year, has suddenly become attractive for the reasons that Dom has just said. And as Andy said earlier, we have a history of appointing firefighters and it pretty much normally working out. And I wonder if now we're in that situation where that is the only viable option and hopefully it certainly have the biggest chance of working out. Hopefully. Um, On that theme, Samor, I said, "When will the club start looking at people with football manager experience?" I assume that's a joke. And um, Tom F says, "At what point will we all start sending our CVs to HR?" I am working on mine right now, actually. Um, Tom, Jesse, let me put this to you um, from Matt Coleman. Um, it's regarding Steve Parish. we have had a couple of questions, or, or I'll be honest, a lot of our questions were more, were more comment from people and some saying, you know, what is Parish doing? Matt Coleman says, do you think Parish should publish a statement clarifying what's happened throughout the manager search? As I imagine a lot of fans by default would jump on his back and blame him for this rather than the character commitment of the so-called candidates. Do you, I know this doesn't really happen very often. Do you think that would, that would work in Palace's favour or Steve's favour? It
4: was like he's moved away from doing that over recent years. He used to be a bit more up front about where things were at um i don't do, do you know what i don't know if he has the, if he has the headspace for that right now he's probably got his hands full yeah um just got his head down Ma- imagine that guy's on his phone non-stop right now um yeah i mean ideally it'd be good to get something wouldn't it and but i don't i just don't know how practical that is i mean they've put a lot of effort into that when eagles dare pr push this this summer that was just gave everyone a real lot of, a lot of heart and a lot of great way. The timing of that, great way to draw the line under COVID football and look yeah. forward to a new season. But they just haven't really followed through on that. I mean, I just find it crazy. As I said, Roy Hodgson's previous contract was a 12-month countdown to him leaving. It's been, you know, it's been no surprise to anyone that Roy was was leaving when he when he left. It just feels that this situation we're in right now is, is the last place we should be given given that kind of heads up that we had um, I, I just I, I know there's no accounting for other people's decisions but we, we are, we're in control of our destiny and we should have had somebody or a plan A or a plan B pretty much ready to go and, and move into Roy's uh, office before, you know while the, while it was still warm I just I just find it absolutely baffling where this if this was a brighton we'd be laughing at this (laughs) Uh, you know quite quite a lot it'll be another catalogue of kind of uh, you know disasters all one after the other so it's going to be an interesting transfer window when this guy does come in it's going to be you know it might be like transfer deadline day of old i think when (laughs) when this turns around
0: it does. Uh, it yeah. It, it does. Maybe feel like uh, an opportunity has been missed, and we are now into sort of desperation zone. But you know, every time Palace have been forced into a change late in the day in the last nine years, it's worked out, and we're still here. So history would suggest that Steve and Co. will will get this next decision right uh, because they have so far. But as you say, Jesse, it, it, it's it's frustrating to be back in this situation.
4: Maybe they're, they're, just, tra- tra- they're just trying to write, maybe they're just trying to make an, write an amazing. Um... Sort of uh, subtext for when eagles death season two this will look great this
0: will look great in a bit of content. Oh yeah, uh, they can do like they can do like a dark filter on Lucian Favre, make him look like the villain <laughs> it'll, be, it'll be great. Let me end on this then guys, thank you so much for, jo- for being here today and, and helping work this out. And I hope this has been useful for our listeners as well because I know a lot of people sort of feel in the dark with what's happened and very frustrated, so I do appreciate your time. John Dodds dodgy um, good old dodgy has has sent uh i think <laughs> his nickname by the way dom his no no we haven't given that to him um he's put i only take palace news for granted when signings or announcements are made until then it's just gossip by more and more experts in inverted commas am i dull or sensible and do you think dodgy is dull or sensible to take that approach to, to palace news Sorry, can you repeat
1: that? I got really distracted by a Matt Hancock meme on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, this is the final question. He won't dare come to me. He'll on okay, okay field, the authority and all things. And that calculation on my part was very foolish.
0: Unbelievable. What, what
1: was Matt Hancock
0: doing years? on your phone?
3: <laughs> That's a good question.
0: <laughs> don't he's answer that. And he's and in the media do He's in the He's the only person having a worse day than Steve today.
1: He's, t- he's taking the heat off your uh, your, your journalistic output yeah. over the last, <laughs> last day, Don't Over <laughs>
2: some CCTV footage, eh? You... Yes.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, what a distraction. Um, I'll repeat the question for you, Andy. He says, I only take Palace news for granted when signings or announcements are made. Until then, it's just gossip by more and more ITKs, I think is what he means. Am I dull or sensible for taking this approach?
1: Uh, I... Thank you for repeating the question, JD, and apologies. Um, To to a certain extent, I understand that. I mean, you should never take anything for granted, as I say, until the the ink is drying on the paper. But equally, I think, you know, there are enough reputable and reliable uh, sources out there in the the media to derive some information. If you just took what was on the club website, we would only be talking about Palace joining the Papa John's Trophy, the new training wear, and season tickets going on General Sam. I just don't think that would have been quite as entertaining a pod. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> some people would have liked it. What's,
0: what's the Papa John's trophy?
1: It's the under-23s playing yeah. against Cheltenham wow. or whoever in, okay. in that, that trophy. Sutton. Up. I think we're in the same group as Sutton. There we go. Yeah. Who, who, are
0: now, who are now a league club. So yeah. there we go. Um, okay. Yeah. Well, thank you, Andy. I think that's a nice... Uh, level-headed place to end the podcast on. Um, thank you all for joining us, uh, Jesse. Happy birthday! Thank you very Yay. much. Happy, happy birthday. birthday! Happy birthday, Jesse. Happy birthday! Thank you so much, guys.
4: Great to spend it
0: with you. <laughs> Enjoy the rest of your day. <laughs> I hope it's more, it's more. I hope it's more upbeat than talking about Palace's uh, problems. Dom, thank you very much for coming on. Thank you for shedding some light on the situation there. And um, as ever, people can subscribe to the Athletic and, and get your excellent updates as well. And I suspect we'll be hearing more from you, or hopefully soon. We'll see. <laughs> he sounds tired doesn't he, he sounds
3: tired.
0: <laughs> the only man almost as tired as, as Steve Parrish I'd imagine uh, Richard thank you very much for joining us we were this was supposed to be a um, nostalgia pod wasn't it with you, me, and Jesse we obviously changed last minute but we will be doing a, a hot pants very soon
1: but in a way it's is nostalgic isn't it
2: yeah. kind yeah. of we've all aged 50 years this week <laughs> <laughs> we'll have, anyway.
3: but I'd just like to finish it on a quote Jim you know oh, I, okay, okay. So this is Oscar Wilde. Slightly changed it to lose one manager may be
0: regarded as a misfortune. To lose both looks like carelessness. There you go. There you go. Make of that what you will. And Andy, thank you very much uh, for joining us as well. It is uh, good to have you on.
1: Thank you very much for having
0: me. Brilliant. Right, we'll be back. Well, there'll be a pa- if you part of the patron, patron.com dot com forward slash fyp podcast. I think you guys are going to go to a Sunday night pod, Dom. I think with and Rob. Believe so. Yeah, that'll, so, that'll be. Hashtag welcome, Roy.
1: <laughs>
2: but, uh, well up for that.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, so, if you're part of the Patreon, keep an eye out on that because I'm sure that'll be uh, that'll be very interesting. Um, and we'll be back with a main we'll nostalgia pod very soon, maybe in the next couple of weeks, um, and then a main pod when we have a new manager or an update or something. But anyway, keep an eye on your feed for that. In the meantime. Uh, Stay safe. Go to beer52.com forward slash FYP to get your eight free craft ales. Um, They might be needed right now to drown your sorrows. Who knows? Maybe they're the ideal thing to to tuck into at the moment. And we're back soon with some palace news and updates when they happen. So uh, stay safe. And we'll see you again soon. Goodbye.
3: Podcast Network.